And look who's ready to return to the NBA, Harry Giles. Last played in the NBA during the 2021 season when he was a member of? Portland Trailblazers. That is correct. Uh, he has signed with the Brooklyn Nets, according to... Hmm. It's a good spot for him. Yeah, according to Chris Haynes, pardon me, of Bleacher Report in the NBA on TNT. Uh, yeah, I'm um, not sure how many details we have I'm here. Sure it's just the one-year Here, Giles has reached an agreement on a one-year deal with the yeah. Brooklyn Nets. So, Imagine you know. vet minimum. Maybe it's even like a training camp invite. Maybe it's just... Could be more of like a, a G League kind of thing too, where maybe they're you know Harry hasn't even like yeah he didn't even play G League last year like at least Scal Labissier was in the G League you know playing games I think Harry's pretty much been completely removed from like organized basketball for a couple years. We don't have any details on the deal yet. I'm sure you're you're right. Uh, I know a lot of Kings fans had been hoping mm-hmm. that he might find his way back here, but. Happy uh, news for Harry Giles, nonetheless. Yeah. Back in the NBA, Brooklyn Nets. I'm a proud owner of a uh, Harry Giles jersey, actually. So uh, I'm I'm a, I'm a big Harry Giles Autographied fan. Autographied or just? No, no. Just uh, actually, I mean, it's not an authentic one at all. It's like one of those uh, one of those jerseys from overseas, let's say. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, you know, it was, well, I mean, you know, they weren't just slinging those things out at the King's team store, so of course, I had to get creative with how I was going to get it, and uh, yeah, proud, proud owner of a Harry Giles jersey, so definitely rooting for him. He was a fantastic guy, just really lighthearted, and uh, just seemed like a, a great teammate. And I'm just hoping that he can figure it out because he's got a really sad story. Of you know, obviously, a lot of people here in Sacramento know it, but you know, went through a lot of knee injuries in high school and just never really worked out for him, never was able to fully recover and, and be that, that top recruit like he was in high school. Certainly seemed worth the, the gamble at the time when the Kings took him 2017 with the 20th pick. I didn't realize, Absolutely. and he hasn't taken a lot of threes, but uh, let's see, 142 games. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I misread the first digit on his three-point shooting. He's not a very good three-point no, shooter at all. No, no. Wasn't really uh, see that, yeah. much of a shooter at all. And that, I think, would be something that would definitely lend him to obviously yes. getting more playing time, especially with how the game is played now. But he's kind of more of just like – he would have been great in the early 2000s or, you know, obviously in the 90s or 80s or something like that. That's more of what his game is suited to. He's a lot more of a, of a traditional power forward. And, you know, in today's NBA, if you're going to try and make him like a, a smaller center, I just – I don't really know if his game is is for the modern NBA. But I'm rooting for him nonetheless. The the greatest thing about him, his passing ability is is really like elite. Like his his vision uh and he's just got he's got paws, man. He's got huge hands. So he's just kind of able it does really look like Chris Webber-esque sometimes with him him passing the ball. Mm-hmm. If he can continue to improve his shooting, uh, maybe he's got a mm-hmm. uh, maybe he's got a chance uh, an NBA future. Yeah, exactly. And I think a team like Brooklyn's great for him, where you know that's that's a developmental team, and he can possibly get reps over there. So good news, congratulations, Harry Giles. What kind of future in the NBA does Sasha Vazenkov have, or should I call him Mister Vazenkov? Yes, you should call him Mister Vazenkov. Uh, he he's hopefully got a bright one. I mean, like he's he he seems like he's ready to go in the NBA. He doesn't seem to have much concern about how you know the transition's going to go from from Europe to the NBA and. I believe him. I mean, everything I've seen seems like if if the Kings put him in the right spots, he should be able to thrive thrive pretty easily here in Sacramento. I found some some uh, research here from a guy named Fry Lavi, former NBA okay. 
data analyst, and I think he went to Harvard and oh, computer geez. guy. Okay. So he's done some research here on how well EuroLeague stats translate to the NBA. Okay. Uh, obviously something that Kings fans would be interested in. Absolutely. Because Sasha Vizenkov has some pretty impressive EuroLeague mm-hmm. stats. Yeah. And it's not just like, you know, you can't just say EuroLeague MVP – automatically transfers to translates to NBA success. So having having some numbers that actually translate would be uh, would be a lot more beneficial, I think. Fry Lavi writes that uh, he found there to be a surprisingly strong relationship between success in the EuroLeague and success in the NBA okay. across a player's first two seasons. Okay. Surprisingly strong. Yeah. This was particularly the case with stats like Three-point shooting. That helps, absolutely. Field goal percentage. That's great. That's good. Rebounding. Okay, Sasha was actually a really good rebounder relatively for the league. And block rates. Okay. Well, I mean, that that doesn't apply here. N.A., yeah. That's fine. Yeah, exactly. That's that's an N.A., but those other ones, those are all hyper-relevant to Sasha. Right. And, I mean, yeah, those those are kind of the the key elements in which they're they're hoping to see from Sasha is is his ability to rebound because that's going to – you know, provide him a lot of time to to play next to Sabonis, and the Kings were one of the worst rebounding teams besides Sabonis in the league last year. And the three point percentage, I mean, to hear that that translates, I think is is the the best thing to hear for Kings fans. Like, if he can shoot the way he shot in Europe, I mean, that's that's why I feel like with even more shots and probably more open shots, he could really be a forty percent shooter from three. Yeah. So, in what areas do European players, according to this research, tend to struggle a little bit? Uh, when they come to the NBA, European players appear to struggle drawing the same volume of fouls during their time in the NBA. Really? They okay. don't get the whistle. Okay, that's probably what it is. Because I was like, I feel like Europe is probably, if anything, a more physical game. And, you know, it'd be easier to get whistles in the NBA. But that would make sense because it is kind of refs do have a respect thing, or quote unquote respect thing, where it does seem like mm-hmm. the stars will, will get calls and rookies and guys that they just don't know won't get them. Uh, this is interesting. Fry Lavi's research showed that there's not much of a correlation when it comes to free throw percentage uh, in Europe. Guys who are good free throw shooters in Europe come over, and they're not necessarily in the first couple of years really? as good shooting free throws. Three-point shooting? Oh, yeah. That's so Great weird. correlation. Free throw shooting? This guy's research showed that, eh. Maybe that's comfort. Like, again, like, yeah. you know, free throws are a lot. It's not necessarily about form. And Brain all is a that. powerful exactly. thing. Exactly. It's just kind of the only time in the game where it slows down and stops and you're to your thoughts. So maybe that's kind of when not that, you know, NBA crowds are better or louder than what we've seen in Europe. But we've maybe also that's got kinda, the trash yeah. talking. Maybe that's really what it is. That's when you can really start to hear the trash talking. Of course, at the lines, like, "Hey, they're saying not nice things about me." Yeah, and that's that's where he he's thinking about it, you know, on his follow through, and uh, yeah, it just clanks off. I guess that's that's really strange. I'd like that doesn't make any sense. I also read there was some research here that showed that um, three point shooting. It's interesting. He says three point shooting translates. Two point shooting sometimes players struggle a little bit more in the NBA, and I think that's because they're probably okay. not used to having guys close out yeah, as well sure. as they do. Mm-hmm. They're probably not, when they go to the basket, um, the defense tends to be better right. at the rim than Bigger what they see. Bigger guys, too. Yeah, more yes. athletic guys, absolutely. Uh, Fry Lavi says the best indicator of some of the differences between the European and the NBA games is uh, turnovers. A lot of players have issues. They turn the ball over more when they first get here, uh, having to do – Presumably with the speed of the game. And again, right. the defense is 
a lot better yeah, than exactly. anything they're used to facing nightly. Yeah, and it could be the strength as well. Like sometimes they're not used to guys being able to kind of get into their body as much as what they do uh, in the NBA. And yeah, you're, you're completely right in pointing out the speed. I think the speed is probably the biggest thing where it's it's kind of like the you know quarterback transition from college to the NFL, where it's like in college you have a little bit longer to to you know sit on that throw and make it. Whereas in the NFL, you got a safety just flying over that you know you've just never. seen seen anyone close out like that before however this looks to improve slightly by a player's second year and then there's not much correlation with assist numbers sure but that's not really again that's an na yeah but the theory is there well some of the guys in europe they have the ball all the time mm. so then they come here they don't have the ball as much right the usage percentage goes down so they don't have the opportunity to make the passes but again i don't think that's going to apply to sasha vizankov yeah. who is a master of playing off the basketball yeah and he's not putting the ball on the ground anyway so you know he, he's he's either if he's getting the ball he's either putting it up or he's he's moving it around uh so yeah i don't i don't really think assist is is uh yeah like you said it's kind of an na in this example but that's great to hear. I mean, all of the things yeah, that I think really the Kings are really looking for him to I'm do. I'm sure the Kings are you know, translate. Uh, acutely aware of all those things, and absolutely. I'm sure they know a lot more about uh, yeah. all of that. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think it's going to, again, I've said it a couple times, but I think it's just going to be a seamless fit. I think year one is going to be a, a massive success for Sasha. And, yeah, I mean, you, you pointed out there, I think year two is going to be even better. It makes sense. You know, you have that level of comfort comfortability you know, being a professional for as long as Sasha has, he already kind of has that part down. But, you know, it's just it's just knowing what to expect. All of this, everything he's going to get right now is going to be brand new. There's also nerves that, that play along with that as well. You know, you're just trying not to mess up. You, you've been so comfortable in Europe. You kind of feel like you know what to expect. And then you come to the NBA and, you know, your mind is just all over the place. You're trying to fit in. You're trying to prove yourself. And, uh, you know, by year two, you should be comfortable in your skin and, and feeling like, you know, feeling like the guy that you were in Europe. And I, I just think this is going to be huge. Like, I just think Sasha is going to come in. I think he's going to surprise a, a lot of other teams across the NBA. And uh, I, I really do think that he's going to be a big part of the Kings closing lineups this year. This is very good by Manny too legit on the YouTube chat. And as far as I know, this is the first I've seen it. Mm-hmm. Maybe Manny got it somewhere else, but. Vazankov with a seven where the Z goes. Oh, that's fantastic! Isn't that that's got like like that's got to be his that's, his logo. That's, that's yeah. big league. That is one hundred percent. Like that's that's some like marketing genius right there. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah, we gotta we gotta. Simone get that. likes it. Kyle likes that. it. Yeah, that's Nate like Nate's fantastic. not here, but I'm sure Nate likes it. <laughs> Nicole, yeah, Nicole loves it. Loves it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Rick, Rick is a little he's a little uh, hot or cold on it. Again, Nate and I are just interchangeable white guys yes. here. <laughs> I, I think that's that that F, well done, Danny. Yeah, that Vazevinkov well is uh, that's that's coming to a t-shirt near you. 100%. Yeah, uh, you just said something that really resonated with me. You said he's going to surprise people. I think it's human nature. You've probably seen this in basketball. You can tell guys before a game. Okay, so and so, you can't leave him. You can't leave him. He's a deadly shooter. Mm-hmm. Guys like yeah. But until they actually see it, mm-hmm. they're reluctant to get out on somebody because you don't want to get. It's your nature. Human nature, you don't want to get beaten going to the basket. Right. So it, it was interesting seeing Steph prove over the years that he could shoot from out there. Guys would leave him, right? Because right. you can't make it from out yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. And he would. There's that disbelief. Yeah. And I think even going back to Peja sometimes, it's just natural for players to have this kind of, if I, if you want me to guard you out there, you're going to have to prove to me that you can make it. Yeah. And I, I mean, think he's going to do that. Not just NBA, but just the game of basketball in general is a lot, especially defense, is a lot about respect and like how how you feel about your opponent. And like 
a lot of it's earning respect. Like me personally, when I play pickup, I'm not covering someone from three until they make if they if they hit the first one they take and it looks nice, I'm gonna step out. But until you make two or three, I'm gonna play the percentage yeah, game. I honestly think to a degree that happens all the way up the levels. One hundred percent. Yeah. And I think yeah, definitely. Like guys are told on you know, coaches are always badgering. Scouting report. Like I'm telling you, uh, I've done the research, I've watched yeah. the games. Like you're saying, don't leave this man no matter what. But that's just not how it is because they don't respect him. They think, oh, almost – and it is a mental game as well, like leaving them wide open. Yeah. Well, they're going to think about it. Like if you're really a good shooter, you should be able to hit that and, open and three. your instinct is if I go out there, I'm compromising our defense. 100%. Our defense is better yeah. if I stay here and then he has to shoot that. Exactly. And it takes a while for you to realize, oh, I do have to get out there. Some people are Coach different. was right. Yeah, some people are just they're, – they're especially, you know, obviously at the NBA level – Guys are elite shot makers, but uh, I, you know, I, I, I don't blame them. Again, like I, I do the same thing. I think that you should make people earn your respect from three, unless it is, you know, someone that we all know can hit threes, like Steph or Clay or you know Kevin Herter or whatever. Those guys absolutely stay on them. But you know, if you don't, if you don't know somebody's game, I'm, I'm all for just making them prove it to you. You know, another thing that happens from the lowest levels, like your pickup game, all the way up. And my brother asked, uh, Phantom asked Jerry about this, and Jerry said, I, I think that's true. It's the left-hander syndrome. The left-hander is going to surprise people oh, because he's left-handed. And that happens from, obviously, in the pickup game. Right. Oh, I didn't know he was left-handed. Yeah. And to a degree, it happens all the way up. Yeah, I think it's a muscle memory thing <laughs> at, at some point where it's just like, you know, you, you always are going to shade somebody to their left, and it's just, I don't know why, but people always forget Deer. Like at least one or two times a game, people forget yeah. Deer Fox is left-handed, especially at the point guard <laughs> That's position. Incredible! It's really, really, it's just a huge benefit. Uh, Jerry Reynolds is coming up bottom of the hour, by the way. Up next, Bold Kings predictions oh, of the day. Oh, oh, let's do it. I've got one I don't want to have to make, but I have to make it. I've, I've I have got to one. do it. I've got one. Uh, we'll uh, be right back with those next year. It's Whitey and Watkins, Sacktown Sports. Check out Whitey and Watkins now on YouTube. Search Sacktown Sports and watch the show from your desk. We have a, a bold prediction Kings question on the chat here. Whitey and Watkins, Sacktown Sports. Jack with the question, does Sasha break Keegan's rookie three-point record? It's going to be tough. It's going to be really, really tough. I mean, Keegan played, what, 80 games, I think, this year? He made over 200. He shot 40% from three. And it was Donovan Mitchell's rookie record that yeah. he broke, right? Yeah, and I think Donovan Mitchell had like one, I want to say like 187 or something like that. Um, I think he can maybe get near that number, maybe, you know, 170, 180. But what Keegan did last year was, it was ridiculous. Like, you're just not supposed to be able to do that. And I know Sasha is an older rookie and, you know, he, he knows his game a little bit more, but what what Keegan, the volume of threes that Keegan took last year for a first year guy is it's just going to be tough. I mean, Keegan was in the starting lineup. He played just about 30 minutes a game. I just don't think Sasha's going to get the the reps necessary uh throughout the entire season to do it, but he'll he'll still hit a ton of them. Well, Emmy's making the bold prediction cuz Jack asks, "Does Sasha break Keegan's rookie three-point record?" Emmy says, "Yes, Jack." Yeah. Jack asks, "How many is he going to make?" And Emmy says a lot. Mm. So that's the bold prediction. Bold prediction of the day. <laughs> a lot. A lot. I don't of know threes. what the record is for three point percentage for a rookie. I think. Yeah, it that would have would be to be like jeopardy. a minimum of certain of course, amount of attempts. Of course. Mm, it's probably near. 
40. I mean, I think Keegan up, was at like 41%. So I'd imagine it's probably 41, 42. His percentage was way higher than Mitchell's, right? Yes. He to, oh, yeah. He was. He's the only rookie to, I think, shoot. I mean, he may. He's the first rookie to ever make two hundred threes, and I think he's also. He might have honestly been the first rookie to ever shoot forty percent on. He's going to have company level of attempts. He's he's definitely. I'm telling you, I really think he's going to walk into the NBA and be a forty percent from three shooter. I, I really. I'm I just do confident too. about. I agree it. with you. So on to that. answer your question, Keegan was forty one point one percent last year. Yeah. Donovan Mitchell's rookie year, he was a thirty four percent three point shooter. That's a that's a lot of threes that he took. I mean, yeah, and, and yeah, Keegan was just, he was just lethal all year. I mean, like, that's, what we saw last year from Keegan Murray is just, it's it's not, it is not normal, especially from the size that he is, 6'8", six, 6'9", six, like, that's that's going to be really tough for someone to break one day. I think I have a bold prediction on record that he's going to average, he's going to average 20 a game this year? I think even? it was something like that. Yeah, yeah. you said they'd be, he'd Fox be the second 30? leading scorer. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what it was. I think it was and I have some, 30 and, like you do, I have some Vizankov, predictions but i don't remember what they all are yeah. but they're very optimistic yes i think all of this them i don't like going here at all uh, let me get mine out of the way chris Please. before we get to yours october 27th 2023 king's bowl prediction of the day game two of the king second game of the season at home versus the warriors there will be a fight involving demontis sabonis and draymond Green. oh i love that prediction so much that's that's maybe one of my favorite predictions that you've ever had because it's so it's Something's going to happen. There's going to be a chest-to-chest, maybe a nose-to-nose. Like I don't think Demona Sabonis will ever forget that, and I'm not whether he should or not. That's you know it's his thing. Right. But it, clearly, he recognized if he got into a fight or got into anything, and he gets thrown out. It's gonna, uh, like Draymond hurt. said. Yeah, yeah, he's not going to do that during a playoff series. But I just don't think that's the type of thing that you you know you you think about it on the off, during the offseason. Go, yeah, it wasn't that big a deal. I don't. Yeah, I don't think so. Well, and especially Draymond doubling down on it on his podcast after the series. It wasn't just the stomp and the the repercussions of all of that. And Sabonis, Sabonis getting booed at Chase Center is going to bother me forever. But it was the fact that after the series. Draymond is like, there's some guys that you, you know, get more respect from at the end of a series, and there's some guys that you have less respect for at the end of a series. And I think he he specifically called out Demonis Sabonis on that end. And yeah, like that's just not something that you're gonna forget. And Sabonis really isn't someone to just kind of take that and like you said, just kind of forget about it and say, Oh, it's fine. It was just in the the heat of competition. Like I really think that that's the kind of thing that would that would kind of get under his skin and, and might might show up in in that second game. Now I'll stand by my prediction, but that that's I'm on record with that. But I wouldn't be surprised if I don't know if everyone's going to be playing in the preseason games. But if I wouldn't be surprised if we saw kind of a Rick Fox Doug Christie situation in the preseason. That would be fantastic. Um, and those games are going to be on national TV. So uh, I think just like that Rick Fox and, and Doug Christie game was on. Yeah. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, that was yeah. on national Your TV as well. Out. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe history is is doomed to repeat itself, and uh, you know, I don't condone violence, but I would, I would really, but. I would, lo- but I would love to. Yeah, see Yeah, I'm not I saying I want to see it because you know, if someone gets hurt, whatever. But I just think, given how upset we know Sabonis was about that, and given what human nature is, and given that it's Draymond Green, that's my prediction. Someone's what what classifies down. as a basketball fight these days? Um, two guys squaring off, and then uh, whether they there are actually punches thrown right. or not, they square off uh-huh. and are challenging Confrontational. each other physically, confronting each other. Okay, to me, that's that's okay. what I'm talking right. about. Right? Because I mean, yeah, there's there's been levels of NBA fighting. Some, a little bit of a shove. Feels here, like there, it's, a push. Yeah, a lot more of a hold me back league now than uh, 
then you the know, league the has done. They've done a good job of yeah, of making face. sure the players realize you punch somebody, it really is going to cost. Yeah, you. you're you're pretty much done at that point. I, I can't even remember what was the uh, yeah, but okay, I love that prediction. Uh, my bold Kings prediction of today. Uh, I wish it had to do with with physicality, but it is um, kind of something that we were just kind of talking about. I'm going to say the Kings are going to lead the NBA in three point field goal percentage. Uh, last year they were ninth at 36.9 percent. First was the Philadelphia 76ers at 38.7. I just out bolding one of my bold predictions because I think I said they're going to be top five, but I didn't go as bold as you. No, I'm going to say number one. Wow. I, I just think I don't know why seeing Sasha in person really, really just kind of sunk it in for me. But just the the amount of shooting that this team's going to have, I think. It's going to be a lot of, of passing up good shots for great shots, and there's always going to be at least two to three shooters out on the floor at all times. I, I just think that they're going to get a ton of wide-open looks, and they had Kevin Herter and Keegan shoot 40% from three last year. I think you add Sasha to that. You and I have both been pretty high on, on what we think Duarte is going to bring to this roster as well. I think he's going to be a big contributor, getting a lot of good open looks. I, I, I think the Kings are just going to be absolutely lethal from three. I, I'm not going to say they're going to hit like the most quantity of threes. I think, you know, teams like Golden State and, you know, frankly, Houston still runs. A, we'll see with Eme, but there's teams that still just shoot a ton of threes volume wise. Uh, I, I don't know if the Kings will be able to eclipse that, but at least percentage wise, efficiency wise, I, I think the Kings are going to be uh, tops of the league from beyond the perimeter. Um. Wow. Yeah, that's that's very bold. Thank I'm impressed. Appreciate like I said, it. I I went along those lines a few weeks ago, and I wasn't a, I wasn't willing to go that far. So yeah, you've outbolded my bold prediction. You know, I try. We gotta, you know, and and I feel like a lot of, now our predictions are gonna are gonna probably come come at a head pretty soon. With you know, we that's we've, what we've, they said three weeks ago. That is true. We've been doing this for probably like two months now. I can't believe that we're still uh, we're still going strong too. Like we we've got some and good. We're predictions. still probably gonna end up in the ninety percent. I still think so. I really still think so. Unless, like, watch this just be, you know, I'm not even going to put it out there, but (laughs) just what if things don't go well? Then all of our predictions are just going to look ridiculous, like, four months from now. But You know who that would be like? And this is the the risk. I was looking at an NFL team, and I don't think you were here that day, right? Did I mention the Cleveland Browns? No. Was it? Yeah, okay, because I know you've been out. Uh, Because a couple years ago, the Browns, They'd missed the playoffs like 18 straight years. Uh-huh. Remember that? Yes. And very they much got so. in. Yeah. And they won a playoff game. And then since then, they've been like seven and uh, seven and nine and oh, seven and ten or whatever oh, okay. it was. Yeah, a little bit like the like, Timberwolves eh. as well. Like the yeah. Timberwolves finally, yeah. you know, I mean, broke Baker through. Baker Mayfield led them to a playoff win. And it's like, he's not even there anymore. Yeah, exactly. So I'm not saying there are any similarities, but it just, sure. that would be. It's a possibility. It's happened right. to exactly. teams. They, they break through mm-hmm. and then. You just kind of fall back, There's not to where you were, but yeah, exactly. Just a with, little bit. Of what Monty said yesterday, uh, I know he said, well, you were there. He said, 48 is not our floor. Yeah. We have to, get, we have to work really hard to get back to where we were last year. Mm-hmm. We can't assume that, oh, we'll win at least 48. Right. No, I, I think. So they're painfully aware of that. Yeah. I, I think that they know that last season their win total might have been a little bit boosted because of you know, how the West ended up shaking out with the amount of injuries and, uh, you know, teams kind of taking a while to get going. But 
no, I, I think that the Kings are very aware. It doesn't seem like they feel like they're front runners, and I, I would much rather have them have the mentality of being the underdogs. And Sneaking still, up on people. Yeah, they still got to earn things. Like they, It's good that they don't feel like you know they they are now you know they are truly the three seed and you know you have to you have to go in there and beat them which you know I'm sure they still believe that Malik said that after the Clipper game but I I, I just think that they still feel like they have a lot to prove coming up the guy who has nothing to prove Jerry Reynolds on how and how much JaVale McGee is going to help the Kings Jerry Reynolds joins us for our Friday visit next year Whitey and Watkins Sacktown Sports Sacktown Sports Headlines Good afternoon, Sacramento. My name is Kyle Ledbetter, and these are your Sacktown Sports headlines. Sacramento Kings general manager Monty McNair joined the Carmichael Dave show with Jason Ross this morning. You can listen to the full interview up right now at SacktownSports.com and the Sacktown Sports YouTube. This morning, the ACC extended invitations to Cal, Stanford, and SMU to join the conference, meaning there will now be 18 teams in the Atlantic Coast Conference. Those are your headlines. Let's welcome in Jerry Reynolds here on a Friday to Sacktown Sports. Yeah, coming to you via the Folsom Lake Honda hotline. Folsom Lake Honda, your one-stop Honda shop, Whitey and Watkins, and... Pleasure to welcome back to the show the one, the only all-time Kings icon, the great Jerry Reynolds. How are you today, Jerry? I'm really good, I, and I'm really great to hear that Chris is back. Uh, you know, given hitting at least half a lick anyway. You know, playing hurt. <laughs> uh, pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. Thank you. No yep. Availability. That's a key. That's exactly. Key. But Jerry, last night he played slow pitch softball, and he only had one hit in slow pitch softball. Yeah, you maybe should have taken another day off. <laughs> I really should have. Honestly, like that is I, I about like the third inning, I was like, I probably shouldn't be out here. The air quality was bad. I was bad. It was just like this is I think I've actually done more of a detriment to my team by being here. So yeah. lesson well, learned. I, my guess is my guess is, Chris, that they, they were feeling the same way. <laughs> yeah, I was definitely getting some looks and I was like, Yeah, and I know, I'm sorry. Guys. Now Chris, Jerry tells me, I don't know if I can believe this. Jerry tells me that in Indiana, they used to play overhand, fast-pitch softball. That's what he says they played. What? No, it was in Kansas City. Kansas City, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. You know, I worked for as a summer job a recreation leader for Hallmark Cards, and they had several intermer- you know, leagues of overhand, fast-pitch. I've never what? seen it, heard of it anywhere before or since. And, uh, you know, it was, you know, of course, I, I don't know how many. I, I'm just amazed. And they had it for years. I'm sure a lot of guys that played probably don't have a, a right arm anymore. Yeah. But, uh, that doesn't make any but, sense. Yeah, it was it was remarkable. I Nothing mean, when they told sense. me about it, yeah, that, uh, that I said, no, you, you, you mean fast pitch. You don't mean overhand. I said, yeah. no. And so, you know, I, I witnessed many games, many games. That's that That's, doesn't seem somebody at, at some point just couldn't master the underhand. I guess said, so. Ah, yeah, they're like, it. just do I'm it overhand. Yeah, just gonna throw it overhand. Well, like well, you know, I think it did have. The, it was the same type of game in a sense that the pitcher dominated. Uh-huh. Right. You yeah. know, a, a great underhand fast pitch pitcher. You know, you just don't hit them. Uh-huh. And uh, and and so I that was pretty much what this game was. And and I think uh, that was at the time really slow pitch was just getting a toehold, which mm. you know as we've all know, pushed everything out. 
Now, of course, we want to talk basketball, but I got to mention this. Jerry, hopefully I'll get this right. I didn't quite get that last tidbit right. But you held for a while like your school record for batting average or a state record for batting average by a second baseman. I know you're an outstanding baseball player. What what was the the record that you held? No, it was uh, a career uh, high school batting record. And I don't know if it still lasts, but it was – for at least 40 or 50 years, but I, I hit 442 for four that. seasons. Look at for that. For four seasons. What? Yeah, well, Jerry Reynolds. Keep, Ted Williams mind, over here. <laughs> and I said, and keep in mind, it was Indiana baseball. It's not, <laughs> not, not California baseball. You, you play who's in front of you, Jerry. There's nothing you can do about that. Well, well, no, I, you know, all you can do is uh, hit the ball thrown to you exactly. by whoever. I mean, if they can throw it 75 mile an hour, okay, that's all. <laughs> that works. That's yeah. incredible. Most See? interesting man in the yeah, world. Absolutely. Uh, I want to ask you about uh, Sasha yesterday, Jerry, and, of course, the big press conference. And I know we've talked about Sasha a lot. What do you think is the most important thing Sasha Vizankov can bring to the Kings this year? I think he's a real pro. You know, and I mean, he's an experienced guy, uh, you know, will and skilled, so he'll be able to fit in. I think seamlessly. I think that's the best thing, as opposed to a, a 19-year-old rookie, uh, unless you really are lucky and get a Keegan Murray type thing. But uh, yeah, I, I think he's. I just can't imagine him not fitting in extremely well, quick, and uh, you know, and then given the Kings, you know, the ability of just a score is probably better than anybody in the league. Maybe this is a, maybe, I don't know. I, I think it might be a dumb question, but is, is it possible to almost have too many shooters on a team? I, I kind of look at this Kings roster and, you know, with the exception of really, you know, Fox, Sabonis, Davion Mitchell, a lot of the guys who are in the Kings rotation really excel at, at being perimeter shooters. Is is there at any point, and you know they they now add Sasha and Duarte to this mix as well. At any point, is it can you have too much shooting on your in your rotation? Is it possible to have too much? I think it's possible. I I don't think it's ever happened yet. Uh, put it that way. And in, in today's game, I, I don't know if you can have too much shooting because it's a it truly is a, a shooter's game. You know, I mean that. Uh, come down in transition and look for open threes, uh, draw and kick to open shooters. Uh, everybody that plays uh, should be able to pretty much be able to shoot, if not score. I mean, probably Sabonis uh, obviously is not a great shooter, even though his percentage would, would say otherwise because he takes great shots. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm of the opinion so far, and I would have agreed with that, years ago but in today's game everybody trots out there unless they're really uh, the center and play around the basket a good bit better be able to make four make three-point shots jerry i know among other things of course you were uh, the uh pardon me the monarchs general manager so do you think javel mcgee can help the kings as much as his mom helped the monarchs in her one year here he he will uh, be significantly more valuable uh, I traded his mom, by the way, in, uh, uh, she, to L.A., she, and she wanted the trade because she had been a star at uh, Southern Cal, and so to, so she was happy with the trade. But I, I do remember JaVale uh, hanging around, you know, a little bitty, kind of a pain in the ass, actually. Uh, 
<laughs> but but uh, you know, but I, I I really think it's a good pickup. Uh, I really do. I mean, he's matured a lot. You know, he's like a lot of guys. His early years, he struggled. You know, he was a lottery pick, and people expected maybe more than he was ready for. And as he's developed, and certainly Mike Brown knows this, I think he really he, he really understands what he's good at and what he can do, and, and that's why he's been on championship teams. So I, I think a marvelous pickup. I was hoping they would pick him up, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I first heard that he might be available, I just assumed he wouldn't be available. Mm-hmm. Jerry, I, I was – I've been thinking, you know, with everybody that the Kings have been bringing in recently, you know, Scal and Nerlens and, uh, you know, Nemeas Kata and now JaVale McGee, like they're clearly putting a huge emphasis on just trying to find somebody to be that rim protector at the, uh, you know, for, for them on the defensive end. Is is there, is there a chance that this is kind of a, a pointless exercise? Because, and where I'm getting at with that is, you know, the root of the problem is more the fact that people just have open lanes right to the hoop. Is is getting a rim protector really going to solve the, the Kings' issues? You know, I, well, it's a great question. I, I think I think this can help a little, you know, but you hit on it. I mean, uh, I don't care unless you're Bill Russell back there. Right. Uh, if you're going to have guys straight line drives to the basket, uh, all you're going to do is get big guys in foul trouble. Uh, now, what it does do, I think it gives uh, Coach Brown more fouls to give to try to protect things. And, uh, you know, I, I do think Joel McGee is uh, really is, could be a legitimate uh, help on this team. And I think of all the centers they got, I mean, I think he might be the one that emerges. I'd be surprised if he doesn't emerge as the consistent backup. Yeah. Uh, speaking of um, uh, uh, players trying to find their way, Harry Giles back in the NBA. Jerry, one-year deal with uh, Brooklyn, terms not disclosed. Uh, what do you make of that? How good is that for Harry Giles? And and where do you think uh, – where does he need to get his game to be a contributing member of an NBA team? I think, uh, you know, just probably a little more consistent and everything. You know, he's a very skilled guy, passing and, you know, a little smallish for a center, so he's going to have to shoot the perimeter shot better, that sort of thing. I, I think he's a, you know, of course, I'll say this for Harry. He, he ranks as right at the top of the best guys, nicest guys to ever put on a King's uniform. So, uh, boy, wishing nothing but best. I mean, don't you know, I think maybe he could find a limited role there, and that's what you hope for at this stage. And uh, so... Hey, by the way, I was listening to you guys talking about some interesting, uh, you know, sports mm-hmm. trivia kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you mentioned this, but did you know that the Stanley Cup is not the actual name? It's the Dominion Hockey Challenge Cup. What? Yep. <laughs> I'm sorry? Why that would is that is, I, I checked it. It's exactly right, <laughs> fellas. And you need the guys need to know that. Be up on top of what, what the accurate. So when they say Stanley Cup, you say no. That's not the original term and the correct term. It's Dominion Hockey Challenge Cup. Dominion Hockey mm. Challenge Cup. Okay, I, I will never, never call it the Stanley Cup ever again. I, I swear to you that. I never knew that, yeah. and also I would never question Jerry. No, Reynolds. no, one hundred percent. I'm not going to question it at all. I'm not even going to look it up. I just that's that's just a fact of my life now. 
Uh, Jerry, it earlier so, it is. Go ahead. It is so interesting with all the sports trivia, and of course, you guys do a lot of it's great. But uh, you know, just uh, I, I'm one of those nut jobs that spend time <laughs> looking for that stuff. You know, it's like I was looking the other day, and you know, John Stockton had he not played his last last six seasons in the NBA, would still be number one in assists. Wow. Oh my God. Wow. Yeah, he's got uh, a crazy steals and assists lead. Jerry, the, the stat yeah. we went over earlier that Chris couldn't believe, and it's my favorite stat, is Wilt Chamberlain, uh, the year he averaged 48 and a half points, excuse me, 48 and a half minutes, 48 and a half minutes per game. That's one of the all time greatest NBA records. It is. Uh, you know, and of course, that's helped him score over 50 points a game on average, yeah. uh, which is another pretty good. Uh, stat you know yes, and, yes. <laughs> uh, of course uh, you know I, I got one more for you though all right it's almost all right wayne gretzky <laughs> would be the all-time leader in points without scoring a single goal wow just off of assist just off his assist wow that's incredible that is. That that's, might be why they call him the great one. You right. Think? I guess so. I guess that's a that's a well. What's with all the hockey trip? I know. Yeah. <laughs> also that <laughs> hockey season around the corner. Jerry's just trying to get up well, to speed. I have very little interest in hockey, but these things <laughs> just really uh, like wow. I mean, kind of. I'm kind of like you guys. If there's things that just like I, I didn't know or couldn't uh, imagine, you know. Mm-hmm. So. So this, uh, you know, helps me get through the day. You know, I mean, waiting for football season. And there you go. Watching watching Florida and Utah last night don't count. (laughs) That was a butt kicking. All right, Jared. Well, we hope you have a great weekend. Thank you so much for the insight and the uh, trivia. Uh, (laughs) We just have, you know, comments here, people on the on the chat about how great Jerry is. We we appreciate it very very much, and we'll talk to you again soon, sir. Well, just tell people to set their goals a little higher going forward. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Jerry Reynolds. You guys, the best, the absolute best. He always manages to throw something in there. It's like, wait, know, what, wait what did he say? What, how, what did he call JaVale McGee as a young, young yeah, McGee. That, that was incredible. <laughs> I wanted to ask him about that, too. I'm glad that he just threw that in there because I was like, I wonder if JaVale was just, yeah, running around. And yeah. uh, apparently he was running around. We have got to, we've got a court date here. We are doing oh court for the Factor Fantasy Showdown. On a Friday. And we don't have Judge Verlaud today. So I, I have no idea what's I going don't know on. what's going yeah. on. This is going to go Yeah, crazy. we will find out uh, what the best thing to come out of Mr. Vizenkov's press conference was. We'll find out who the judge is today <laughs> in the Factor Fantasy Showdown next. Why didn't Watkins act on sports? Download the Sacktown Sports app and listen to Whitey and Watkins on your smartphone. For a showdown. Showdown. Whitey and Watkins Factor Fantasy Time actually won yesterday. What a I've actually won twice this week. So I beat Frankie okay. once and I beat you. Yesterday. You know, again, like does beating Frankie count? I think that's that's kinda that was a surprise been the debate of this week. I have a feeling we oh, have a lot of, of your, lot of surprises buddy. coming today. All rise. For the Honorable uh, Judge Simone, will be presiding today at the Factor Fantasy Showdown. Oh, okay. <laughs> Double cow. Yep, you may be seated, gentlemen. My goodness. Thank you, Your Honor. Pronto. Overzealous with the gavel, maybe? Scary. The stenographer will be in charge of the gavel right now. Okay. That's me. Hi. 
gentlemen, oh my god, I'm so nervous to be the judge for you guys. This is crazy <laughs> to have so much power. Great power let's, comes great responsibility. So let's well. start with our fact or fantasy. The best thing to come out of the Sasha conference was that Sasha loves the King's style of play. Fact or fantasy? Why, do you, why don't you take it away first? Uh, Your Honor, that is a fantasy. And certainly that was wonderful to hear that he enjoys the King's style. But the best thing to come out of that was that Sasha said, he was asked why he came over. He said, I want to win. Uh, winning is fun. And that's why I didn't come over before. This team is better. I want to win because you know what, Your Honor? I don't speak for the court, but I'll speak for me. I want winners. And Sasha Vizankov is a winner. That's what the Kings have lacked for years. They had him last year. They have another one added to the core now. That's the best thing about this. We got a winner in Sasha. Excellent. And the defense? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to say that that is, in fact, a fantasy. It is a fantasy. Let me say it's not, in fact, a fantasy. It is a fantasy. Uh, the the best thing that I heard from Sasha was, A, he, he taught us something that I don't think has been public knowledge. He said uh, that he signed a letter of intent to actually play college basketball at one point. He was supposed to go to Xavier. I had never heard that before, so uh, you know that was that was just interesting to learn that that it there's a parallel universe where Sasha was a college star and maybe would have gotten drafted into the NBA instead you have the of internet at your house. I didn't know. <laughs> did you did you know that that was a? Fa- I had never heard that before. I don't like I don't like that snark. Uh, and the other thing was that he responded to Noah Lyles' comments of the, being the world champion and pretty much said what all the other NBA players have been saying and saying that. Does the Denver Nuggets really need to play the Shanghai Sharks in order for them to be the world champions? Like, we understand that, you know, this is the best basketball in the world. And, and you know, you don't have to, you know, necessarily have a world competition in order for someone to be classified as the world champs. That was the best thing I heard out of Sasha. Wow. Powerful testimony on both sides, truly. I am going to have to give Mr. Watkins the point. Uh, I did think that that was the most powerful takeaway from uh, his presser yesterday was kind of describing that uh, Noah Lyles take, which was so incorrect. Yes. Your Honor, if I may ask, were you a clerk for Judge Berlaud? Because there are a lot of similarities. (laughs) (laughs) To our judging styles? Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Fair enough. On to the next question. Is Steve Young right? The 49ers should never trade anybody to the cow to the Cowboys. Fact or fantasy? I'm going to say that's a fantasy as well. Oh, cool. Uh, stenographer. <laughs> look, I mean, I understand you don't want to trade with rivals, but frankly, I mean, Yes, the 49ers and the Cowboys have a rivalry. They're not division rivals. They don't play them more than any other team. And also, if you have a good deal, I just think you have to take it. And the Cowboys gave the 49ers a fantastic deal. I don't think anyone else was going to give them a fourth-round pick for Trey Lance. I don't care if it's 
the Cowboys, I don't care if it's the Seahawks, the Cardinals, the Rams. If someone gives you an incredible deal, you should take it. Plus, Jerry Jones is old. You should take advantage of that old oh. man as much as you can. Wow. Steve Young is right. The 49ers should never trade anybody to the Cowboys. Factor fantasy. That is a fact. That's the fact. If it please yeah. the court, sure. Oh, they got a great deal. Yeah, you know now the 49ers and their fans especially have to live in fear that Trey Lance is going to become anything close to the quarterback he was supposed to be, and he would do so for the stinking Cowboys. Steve Young has PTSD, as he described it, because of when the 49ers once let Charles Haley go to the Cowboys, and Steve Young says that cost the 49ers multiple Super Bowls. So, yeah, they got a nice deal here, yeah. But the Cowboys, there's something special about the Cowboys from the 49ers' standpoint. You must never do anything that might assist the Cowboys. Steve Young is exactly right. Wow. And again, powerful testimony but you already know where my heart is going with this and the court is very much pleased with whitey's answer one point to to whitey one point maybe two points (laughs) two points whitey oh my gosh now i'm down it was a faithful answer oh my gosh tugging at my heart that's ridiculous what if they gave him a virus you know what if what if it's like yeah go ahead and take trey lance trojan horse exactly trojan horse him come on Chris, this is going to be your last opportunity, I oh think. Oh, my gosh. This one better uh, be worth Two points to one? 50. Yeah. It's another 49ers question, so now you know how to kind of okay. you know, appease the sure. judge here. Oh, geez. If the NFL could handpick their two Super Bowl teams this year, they'd pick the Chiefs and the 49ers. Is that a fact or is that a fantasy? That is as well a fantasy. It's just a Yes, it is. I'm sorry. Uh, it's. I mean, you know, I'm sorry. The Chiefs have been around. We've seen the Chiefs win. If the NFL could have it their way, they want Aaron Rodgers and the Jets in the Super Bowl. And that's that's really number one. I mean, that's the storyline. They, they put them, pretty much shoehorn them onto hard knocks because it's the most intriguing story. If Aaron Rodgers can bring a New York football team, uh, specifically the Jets, back into prominence, I mean, that that's massive. And, you know, Again, sorry, uh, 49ers is, is would be fun, but the NFL is always going to want the Cowboys in the Super Bowl as well. So Jets-Cowboys would be what the NFL would want. Hmm. If the NFL could handpick their two Super Bowl teams this year, they'd pick the Chiefs and the 49ers. Fact or fantasy, that is a fantasy. Chris is right. Uh, yeah, I agree. The NFL would love for the Jets to get there. Jets, 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 Jets. So sick of the Jets. J-E-T-S. But you know, yes, you, the NFL would love to see them. But I do think there's a lot of intrigue and drama surrounding the San Francisco 49ers. That would be the team with everything going on with the quarterbacks and Brock Purdy and Kyle Shanahan and Bosa's holdout. That would be the team because they're an excellent team and they have great ratings as well. The NFL, if they could handpick teams, they'd have the Jets against the 49ers in the Super Bowl. Who knows? We may have that this year, Your Honor. Wow. See, Chris, you had me in the first half there. I know. I, know. I have Jets to stay true to me, Cowboys? Are you serious? It's not what I want. It's not what I want. It's what the NFL would want. It's not a logo. It's a rating. And for that reason, it will be the 49ers and the Jets in the next Super Bowl. So I am awarding the next point to Whitey again. Thank you, Your Honor. And I believe that it looks like our time has expired in court, Chris. I'm sorry. <laughs> Are you sorry? 
I am very Doesn't sorry. Doesn't feel like you're sorry. Wear the like, helmet, Whitey. I feel like he, he was stalling the bailiff there, said so. I could wear the helmet. So. I'm the stenographer. The stenographer, yes. Thank you. Thank you, Your Honor. You're well welcome. Done. Happy yeah. Friday, Bias. everyone. Happy Holiday Friday. weekend. <laughs> the best part was when I asked for an extra point. And I'm like, yeah, okay. sure. Go ahead Absolutely. and take it. I know. Didn't I'm even gonna... need it either. He the stenographer is yeah. not a snitch. However, we did have Whitey try and bribe the, uh, the, the judge day? earlier. No, that's not true. <laughs> Wait, I, what? I, that's not true. That is, oh, I asked. Oh. Collusion. I asked. I did ask. This has uh, been documented. No. I said, do you accept bribes? That I asked it's just the a question. question. I never offered a bribe of any, ki- of any kind. Yeah. And This result is under protest. That's it. That's Are it. we going to have a mistrial? You're going to take this up with Judge Verlaad? Yep, Judge Verlaad's yeah. going to hear Maybe about this one. Maybe you guys have to have ridiculous. a mistrial and this you guys ridiculous. can take this up this on absurd. <laughs> Once he recovers from a slaw-itis. Yeah. yeah, I told All y'all. I told y'all not to eat the slaw. I had the slaw and I was fine. Had to learn a tough lesson, man. And I'm telling you, you didn't even have to eat the slaw to learn the lesson of don't eat coleslaw. It's gross. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Your Honor. Thank you, You're stenographer. Not You're not welcome. Uh, <laughs> At all. Coming up next, can a preseason stat be alarming? Tell you why the 49ers, who the NFL clearly wants to see in the Super Bowl, why they hope not next year. Uh, why didn't Watkins? Sacktown Sports.